Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast that digs you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Flynn and Rapunzel to my Maximus. Now, when you take the horse, because it's, it's the most likable character in this, it's worrying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm Matt. You know, half the time you just assume I'm not going to give my name, huh? Yeah. I'm Jared. Nope. <laughs> I just assume that. And today we are going to the Kingdom of Corona, the world based on the Tangled movie. <sighs> Unfortunately, this is Jared's least favorite world in this game. Yeah. As of this point in playing, I'm up to the end game of it. So I've seen all the worlds. And while there are technically there are worlds that do certain things worse in almost every aspect, this is a world which I think is just the, the least interesting, least well put together, least exciting to play of all. And it kind of makes me mad because I really do respect Tangled as a fun movie. We'll probably get to that in a little bit. But uh, any thoughts before getting into it, Matt? I kind of feel like in Kingdom Hearts 3, it's weird because all of the games that try to recap the plot of the movie end up being extremely confusing if you haven't seen the movie because they don't actually show a lot of key parts because they don't have time to. I don't know if it's that they don't have time to. They spend more time in the worlds in this game than they do in other Kingdom Hearts mainline games. Yeah, it's just the way that they structure them. They they just yeah. it gets really confusing. Mm-hmm. At least everything isn't crabs. <laughs> oh, boy, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, I mean, I definitely will have a lot to say in detail about this one. And I remember, Matt, like when we were talking about this earlier, you didn't really know the movie. So you even point out things you kind of thought were plot holes, but just stuff that the game felt they could skip and not care about. Well, I figured it wasn't that the film itself had plot holes. It's just that I was left wondering, wait, what happened here? Well, with that, let's get started. In the lanes between, Sora is chilling in the gummy ship with Donald and Goofy again. And they decide that they're going to call Ienzo because Jiminy tells them to. So Sora pulls out his phone and... Oh, hiya, Sora. Your Majesty. Majesty. Huh? What? Wrong number. No, Riku and I are visiting Radiant Garden. Actually, we were just about to call you guys, but it looks like you beat us to the punch. Sora, is something wrong? I wanted to pick your brain. In order for us to recomplete Roxas, he needs a body, right? Yeah, to put his heart in. Hmm. They all sit around thinking of it. Replicas. Huh? Well, replicas are basically human. Uh, what? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't remember. The previous Organization 13 developed replicas, realistic vessels to place hearts in. They're so real, in fact, that you'd actually mistake them for people. And with hearts, the replicas will become people. Cool. But if we get our hands on a replica, will Roxas look like himself when he's recompleted? Yep. The replica takes the form of the heart inside it. That's perfect. I'll talk to Yenzo. He was in the organization back then, so he might know more. Great, thanks. Wait, do you guys think they're after replicas too? No, they definitely said a black box. Who's that? The organization and Maleficent. I guess we forgot to mention it. Ah, uh, it's okay. But here's something you guys should know about for one of their members. Huh? We get clearly a time passing while there's conversation going on about they talk about Tara when what they discovered about him. So 
But the rest of us worry about Roxas and Namine for now. You turn it on and keep an eye out for Terra. Now Goofy shove in front of Sora on the FaceTime again. Yes, yes your majesty. majesty. Stop that. <laughs> Click. Click. They don't change, do they? Nope. That's their best quality. Well, we gave Merlin the vestments for Kyrie and Axel. Let's go stop by us in the wisest study. Right. It, once again, we're, we're just in these scenes where everyone's trying to catch up on stuff to play alerts. Oh, yeah. Like, it's I feel like they're doing a lot of work to try and, like, recap people that might have skipped some games here or there. Yeah. Between a chain of memories coded and dream drop distance, lots of people were missing different parts. So, yeah. And well, it's also important that like Sora is learning a lot of stuff that he either never knew or forgot. So, yeah, he got quantum leaf Swiss cheesed. Yeah, he doesn't know anything that happened in Castle Oblivion. So he needs mm-hmm. to have that explained to him. Mm-hmm. Do you think he remembers seeing the place? I did, yeah, does he remember seeing Castle Oblivion? That's a good question, too. I remember what they say their last memory is when they woke up in two. I really can't recall. I think mm. they said it was on the road. It must just be so confusing to them sometimes. Anyway, I do the- think that it's funny that Riku is keeper of the brain cell. Oh, boy, Riku has to do so much brain cell rolling work. He, yeah, he has so much to make up for for his bad choice adolescence that <laughs> now he just he's taking almost sole responsibility. <laughs> and I think he also has to be Mickey's conscience lest he do more horrible things. So Rico is Mickey's Jiminy. Got it. That's a oh, horrible no. thing to say. <laughs> and that amateur doesn't even have a journal. <laughs> Rico just shows up in Mickey's side games as a as yeah. the interface character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and by the way. Since this time we know we find out Jimmy's doing everything on the phone, so that means he's just become a blogger. <laughs> God damn it! Or a Ooh. cell phone novelist. Yeah, like post mood, but he's also really old fashioned, so he still thinks he's on my, MySpace. So big mood, worried. <laughs> Jimmy is one of those guys on social media who wants to be a poster but can't be a poster. He's just like me, a fart. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, is Jiminy the one writing all of those social media post interstitials? Oh, shit. The, he's ghostwriting them. He's writing them under the other's names. <laughs> wow. That's the job people have on social media. Just <laughs> ghostwriting other people's tweets. I used to be thinking of Bojack. I mean, yeah, I do like how. How Ienzo is also basically the official lore keeper for our side now. Oh, yeah. It's funny that they like spent almost no time with Ienzo in previous games. And all of a sudden, Ienzo's just like, I know the most of anyone here. Hi, nice to meet you. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't even. And two, you didn't even know what I did. was the only person whose weapon we didn't even know. And we had the (laughs) final mix. Oh, boy. Anyway. Uh, we take our gummy ship across the infinite expanse and find ourselves at the Kingdom of Corona. Oh, no, that's an unfortunate name now. Yeah, that's too easy a joke. I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> so, yeah, this, as we said at the beginning, this is the world based off Tangled. What is Tangled? If I were going to make a joke on that, I would personally talk about how they drink a lot of Mexican beer. Mm. OK, that's a bit better. <laughs> what is Tangled? So Tangled is 
it's almost obvious enough to say it's their version of Rapunzel. It was one of the first CGI movies they did after they kind of gave up on traditional animation at the Princess and the Frog. They had done a few CGI movies beforehand, like Meet the Robinsons. I mean, it was kind of like it kind of made itself sort of a new era of it is what I mean. Right, right. Yeah. But like this is the first one there where like Disney Animation Studios like was doing Disney Animation Studios movies, but in CGI rather than just like here's a CGI I, I, movie that Disney's releasing. I do think it might be their first CG princess movie. Like, yeah, yeah. That proof as well. Definitely. So Tangled is kind of a funny thing. They've wanted to make a Rapunzel movie for decades. I mean, that's not even a question, but they got really weird about it, especially branching Princess the Frog is important because it explains how we got the name. That Prince of the Frog was kind of a disappointment. That's a part of the two things that I know of. One, they shuttered their traditional 2D almost completely. And two, they got really worried with this movie that if they were only marketing to girls, they wouldn't get enough people in. So they kind of gave it a more neutral title, trying to make it sound more, I guess you could almost say hip. And then they started emphasizing the male character more in the um, in the marketing. Now, they argue that that was them just trying to keep things equal rather than like push it away from from female marketing. But it still is a little suspicious because of that. Yeah. Now, despite all that, I like Tangled. It really. So do I. Tangled's great. Oh, yeah. It's a good, solid kind of friendly movie. It has a villain who is disturbingly believable and it doesn't try to force itself into a twist villain because this one's way too obvious. And I'm not someone who immediately hates the twist movies, but I do understand why some people get against them. It's also sort of like just before Disney started really like doing the twist villain thing. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can see earlier ones there, but since at, when Frozen right after Tangled really made it work, it started pushing on everything. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in between Tangled and Frozen, they had uh, Wreck-It Ralph, right? I would call that one two punch in that sense. Yeah, um, Wreck-It Ralph was the first one that really did the twist villain, though I've seen it argued that the reason this twist villain works is not that you don't know that King Candy is the villain. It's that you don't know what the context for King Candy is. It's the Columbo plot. It's not the who done it. It's the why done it. Yeah. Yeah. And the how done it, of course. But <laughs> anyway. We'll be able to talk a lot about that more later. <laughs> so Tango tells a really mature plot about characters pursuing dreams who are trying to become comfortable with themselves or with with others. Mm-hmm. So like even just seeing the context in Kingdom Hearts, it made me want to see Tangled because I liked the parts of Rapunzel as a character and Flynn mm-hmm. that I saw. Yeah, like Rapunzel is a very... Bold, but not over the top female action star, like a mid 90s strong mm-hmm. female era character, like when they didn't know how to do that mm-hmm. right. Right. She's also she's also not just a damsel, though she does because she it has her own agenda, her own agency. And Flynn is kind of a bit of a joke on Robin Hood style rogues by it being well, the spoil bit. It's kind of just a big it's kind of a big facade he uses because he has his own issues. Right. Mm hmm. And so uh, and they I, and they have really good interaction, good, good relationship and chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw that they had quite a bit of good chemistry with the whole thing. I liked how Rapunzel, the, our introduction to Flynn uh, and Rapunzel together is is Rapunzel catching him and blackmailing him and doing what she wants, which is essentially, like I said, in the game. It does a, a somewhat abridged version of what happens in the movie. But again, but the problem is we don't have any context for what's happening. So that's when things get mm. frustrating. And that's yeah. when we'd be saying from the start what the issue is. 
So, yeah, let's get into the world itself. Yeah. We start with the scene from Tangled with Rapunzel staring up at the drifting lights on her birthday as a title card for the world appears. Like I could like, I could spend five minutes explaining all the context of that, because it basically is that like the, the first three opening scenes explains why any of that significance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I do that for every scene, that's going to be a little bit of wasted energy. <laughs> yep. I mostly got the idea just from the film. She mentions that it always happens on her birthday and mm-hmm. as far as she knows, she's just some girl who lives in the tower, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But spoiler, Gothel should have just told her another day was her birthday. Kind of an obvious right? enough joke, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to go to the plot, she's kidnapped when she's an infant. So it happens very early. And for some reason, I mean, Gothel is a unfortunately extremely effective psychological manipulator, but she doesn't seem to plan beyond it that much. So... She probably like just didn't even think about or care about it that enough to worry. Yeah, exactly. So after we get the title card, we just we cut to Sora and the guys just wandering in the woods. Yeah, like it's it's weird how little context we have for why they've even showed up on this world right now. Sora just wanders into a Disney film all the time. Don't worry about it. He vaguely said he was going to go following worlds to find Roxas, and now he just wandered. Openly, the two worlds he's never been in before. We don't even know what they're looking for. They just kind of showed up. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's because they went to Twilight Town and then they're just like, OK, now what do we do? Well, let's yep. just explore. Shipping the hour finding worlds. Let's work with that. Yeah. The team is ready to just take it easy here. And then Donald ruins the mood by saying there's no Heartless, which causes Flynn Rider to run by chased by Heartless. <laughs> Donald has no peripheral vision. Well, that's the only know. conclusion I can get. I mean, it's more that Donald just someone's antics by talking because he's a cartoon character. He jinxed it. Yeah, he's responsible for this. Damn it, Donald. Not my fault. It's like Donald even it's like he even asked, like, why do we come here? And so it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty. We're here because it's pretty. Can't we just have a nice day on a random world and like not worry about disturbing the world order? Let's just hang out. Chill. Oh, no, heartless. And so Flynn leaves this to us because we seem to know what's up. And then he just fucks right off. He literally is like, since you three seem to know what you're doing, mind if I leave this one to you? Yep. <laughs> and which is honestly sounds reasonable, but he just does his kind of uh, smarming voice. So it kind of gives us yeah. like annoyance. Well, it's because he's he's essentially like, oh, these guys are strong. Let me ditch them and uh, take care of these guys who are chasing me. He's not even aggressively using them as baits. He's just kind of saying it as like obnoxious tone. Well, you're good. Do you mind if I just leave? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we get a a few new heartless in this fight. There's the Malachite Bolero and the Puffball. Let's talk about the Malachite Bolero first. Bet you can guess what it is. It is, in fact, the arrow version of the heartless bell caster guys. Yep. I always never really think of Malachite as a color. It's pretty intensely green. Yeah. Funny, said I don't at least get a mental association of that. These ones at least are kind of chonky boys, as I recall. They're pretty big. Not that difficult to deal with because they're just the caster bells. Yeah. Now, puffballs are little dandelion heartless. <laughs> they're actually kind of cute. Mm. Oh, yeah. That just kind of worries me, seeing what dandelions have been in this universe. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. but I said, but they're like little... They're like little shy guys with flowers on their heads. This is how I describe yeah. them. Because they, they kind of look like they have little little mask faces like that. Mm-hmm. Winning this first introductory fight gives us the arrow spell. Arrow is interesting because it sets a little 
ground AOE that you can flow motion jump off of. I don't use it that much, but you yeah, can I almost that. never use arrow, so I never noticed that. I've seen some creative videos of people like having stylish kills and super bosses and arrow is often a part of that because it's a free flow motion jump. Hmm. It's neat. Makes a certain amount of sense then. Yeah, but it's also like I would say probably the spell I use the least of the uh, main attack spells. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's oftentimes weird to other use. ones have properties that you want. Yeah. Kind of like remember Final Fantasy VI where they had all these really exotic elements like, you know. Yeah, there that, there's elements, exactly one water or spell. Or rather yeah, two exactly water one water spell. There's like one earth spell. Two, there's two poison spells. Elements. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pearl is holy. Yeah. Yep. Just don't forget that's that was a um, an FF3E localization. Yep. yep. Because they weren't allowed to say holy. It was a Wolseyism. It was it's better than calling it white, which is what Final Fantasy four did. Yep. That just seems unfortunate. Yes. So like Flynn immediately just said implies that he's been running away from things, and the second he thinks we're suspicious of him, he literally does the hey look over there and runs. Yep. That, ooh, they look mad. <laughs> We follow Flynn to a cave and find a tower. It's notable that like Sora thinks it's a dead end and tries to lean against the wall and just falls through the vines. Yeah, Sora tends to luckily find everything that he needs to luckily find. Sora and Donald are just missing obvious things today. Oh, yeah. There's an interesting lucky emblem in the area of the tower. You can climb the tower to the very top and there's an arrangement of rocks in the water that that are only visible from up there. It's not like a forced perspective thing or anything, but it's just like you really have to find the exact right vantage point to get it. Yep, and it's really up high that it needs oh, yeah. to be. I think you can jump off and do a cool little dive just for the fun of it. I love this space. It's cool to run around in. Yep. Uh, so I have in my notes, inside the tower, Rapunzel is preparing to perform Sonosaki family torture techniques on Flynn. No, we can't make that reference yet. It was that or bondage jokes. <laughs> He's tied up with hair and just... Yes. That's actually a little bit gross. Yes. <laughs> now her hair is magic, so maybe just feels silky. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So this scene is basically, like I said, it's a little abridged. They don't show all of it, but this comes straight from the movie. And we're not explaining anything. Like we saw that he was carrying a satchel and he has a tiara in it. We don't know what it is, why he has it, why he wants it. And she says she's hidden it. So she took it from him. We didn't really see that happen either. Right. Yeah, all this stuff seems to be the symptom of Kingdom Hearts trying to tell the story instead of doing something after the story, which is what the better ones do. Mm-hmm. But and also they seem to give themselves like a specific time constraint and they focus on semi iconic scenes rather than ones that actually have the connective tissue you need. You know what it is? They focus on the scenes that you saw in the trailer. That's what it is, I think, is they have basically turned this world into an extended trailer for Tangled. Hmm. It's a terrible trailer that spoils everything, though. I definitely remember a lot of these scenes just like being in the trailers, uh, almost scene bit by bit. Um, But anyway, Flynn ends up incorporating us into the plot at the end of all this by declaring that we're his sidekicks, which nice bluff check, I guess, or rolls with it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, just the only reason is because he knows that there's random monsters out there. Yeah, like uh, can't do anything about these monsters. Don't know where they came from, but this kid seems to know what's going on. Yeah. Yes. Sora just is like, okay, I'm here to help people anyway, so I'll go along with it. (laughs) Next bit, Rapunzel touches grass and experiences untold joy. Hear that, folks? Get outside. (laughs) (laughs) 
I do like that he that Flynn kind of mixes making us feel bad for Rapunzel and then also trying to get keep Rapunzel from coming with them because he's very much doesn't want her to come along. He's trying oh, to yeah. convince her to give up and just give him back what he needs. Because of all this, Rapunzel is going to be outside. She's part of our party. There's a bunch of scenes just lifted directly from the movie of Rapunzel just like going through bits of extreme joy and bits of extreme sadness. Like just this huge mix of happiness and then massive guilt trips from her smothering, controlling mother figure. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I do like the scenes where she's so excited to be outside, though. They're very cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that, but that montage, once again, is basically lifted straight from the movie, the, the back and forth, just occasionally sore or Donald is watching something happening. Yep. Yes. Like she's swinging around, she bare hair, and now Sora's hanging out with Flynn's like, yeah, I don't know either. It is a habit that they get into in this particular style of this world where like they will do a scene that is lifted almost directly from the movie. I think they might even like have gotten some of the animation data to do it in engine. And then they just put Sora, Donald and Goofy in the scene as well. It's pretty funny because they clearly they reanimate most of them. Like you can see some things they've changed enough, not just adding them, that they recreated it. One of the nice things about uh, CGI animation is that if you get the animation thing, you can just apply it to any skeleton and just have to modify the uh, rig a bit. I will say that these two in combat are kind of amusing. Flynn is mostly annoying. He most of what he does is... The thing I noticed that he does the most is that he rolls around on a barrel like he's Donkey Kong (laughs) and and Rapunzel mostly like lassos people with her hair. After however long her freak out is, she finally notices there's other people here. Yeah. And then Flynn gets us gets sort of introduce everyone. We introduce ourselves in the proper order. Rapunzel responds with the names in the proper order. She even goes like, "Okay, Sora, Donald, Goofy. Okay." That makes sense. I none of that is strange at all. Right. No talking ducks are normal. Well, what does she know that's out there? Yeah, no, she's been in a tower her entire life. She doesn't yeah. know what's what's like real. Yeah, there might be Pokemon out there for all she knows. Her best friend is a lizard that has very human emotions. And intelligence. <laughs> yes. And to- torture knowledge. <laughs> and generally re- recommends head injuries. But anyways. Yes. Yep. I like Sora's like, what do you mean sidekicks? And he Flynn's like, even though he was just trying to convince her not to go anywhere, he says, look, she wants to go see this and things are rough. So can't you help out? Donald and Goofy just are like, yeah, we're heroes. We're heartless experts. So Sora's just like, fine, whatever. Call sidekicks. And we go into the woods. Just basically the three are just having chatter as they go. Yeah. They do some banter. Oh, yeah. For the sake of Flynn and Rapunzel. The funny thing is, it's literally like Sora saying something heartfelt about how his friends have been unforgettable. And then he gets awkward. He he just makes a your face joke at Donald. Yeah. Like, like he's just like, shit, shit. I'm getting cringe. Got to rest Donald. Your face. Your face. (laughs) God damn it. And I think he even like leans in and does the finger guns with that. Yeah. Yeah. The finger guns thing is just like so random. What the fuck's (laughs) right? I do think you're right that it's just Sora deciding he got too cringe, so he has to do something silly. Yeah. so Something kind of edgy silly. Yeah. I like Goofy just watches and doesn't get involved. Yeah, it's just like, God damn it. These, let, let these two idiots work it out. I, I can't deal with this shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> so now we, we're going to go through several wood maps here. Yep. In a fight the Rapunzel triggers, we encounter the Chief Puff. It is a puff ball that is much bigger. It has armor. You can break it down and fight a lot of other things. I think yeah. actually Arrow 
completely destroys its armor in one hit, as I recall. Yes, because it blows them away. And also it likes to combine with other puffballs with it at the top. Got tight. <laughs> no, sorry. So, yeah. So first, not only do we get to see their limit break, Rapunzel, like who she wrap up in the hair? Flynn? I think she wraps up Flynn in the hair. hair and does hair. like one of those pull string tops with them. Yeah. Yeah. So and then after that, we immediately go back to movie scenes where Flynn, for a completely different reason, the movie says, look, I'm letting you out of this deal. It's dangerous out here. You can just give me what I want and I'll take you home and you'll be safe. Like, wow, that's a weak move. Yep. And we also got uh, Gothel searching for Rapunzel. And then interrupting the movie scene is fucking Marluxia. <laughs> that's someone we really I just like. Yeah. Gothel is kind of a not quite spellcasting evil old lady already, but even she doesn't question the the, the rose haired tall guy coming out of a black portal of nights. Yeah, that's normal. That's totally a normal thing that happens in this world. Let me get your precious gift back. It's like creepy. Yeah. He's the prettiest villain alive. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. OK, uh, Further into the woods, we encounter another new Heartless, the Parasol Beauty, a Heartless that is literally a southern belle with an umbrella. God, I missed Heartless after all those games. What, you didn't <laughs> want to see like a Dream Eater T-Rex with the, in a southern outfit? <laughs> it wouldn't work. It would yeah, I know. It, the arms would be too short for the parasol over its head. Yes, yes. But like, I mean, this thing is just like quintessentially perfect Heartless design in my mind. It's a it's a really good design, I think. Also, I think it's cool because it it actually does some cool moves in you and shoots lasers. Yep, it shoots lasers with its umbrella. Um, yeah, they are actually kind of tricky on critical mode. Uh, <laughs> you have to prevent them from shooting those lasers. It yes. does its I'm a charge in my laser move and yep. you have to mm-hmm. you have to stop it. Yeah, when there's a lot of them, it's kind of hairy in uh, Tangled. Yes. Yeah. So we just keep wandering into random moments with Rapunzel messing around in the woods, which I guess would be charming, except they're really kind of stopgap. They're kind of disconnected, basically. They're very disconnected. They break the flow of exploration. They're kind of cute, I guess. But... Yeah, there's a thing like using arrow to blow dandelions. You get to splash her in the pond. You yeah. follow some rabbits to find a treasure chest. She makes you foul birds. Or is that later? That's, That's later. later. We find a strange plant in the woods and then it blooms and turns into a nobody that draws a scythe. It's, it's a, a reaper. reaper. It's Morbin time. No, John, that's a different reaper. Also, really, that's just my joke about reapers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other joke is that you're going to go for Paragon or Renegade. Oh, no. I I I don't want to play Mass Effect. Please don't make me play yeah. Mass Effect. <laughs> I don't know. I think Mass Effect is pretty is pretty good for what it is, but it's like I don't like the gameplay that much. A ripoff of the Revelation Space Book series, probably. I, don't even know what I, that is. I like what they did with. I like the universe they made, but it kind of gets long in the tooth. After we fight the Reapers, Goofy and Donald notice the organization must be here too. Note that Rapunzel and Flynn dashed off this time. We actually sent them ahead for once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we sent them ahead. Uh, so but, uh, I like Soar's like saying, yeah, what do those has-beens want? So somebody's just incredibly rude about them. Yeah. Yes. And so then Marluxia's just like, God damn it. What do you mean has-been? He's pretty rude. It's like Sarah's like, that's making fun of people. That's the old organization. Oh, who are you? Are you in the, the real one, too? Good for you, he actually says. <laughs> yes. 
Yep. And so Marluxia comments that it's interesting to see him again, which confuses Sora because chain of memory still very much matters. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's like those memories I'd soon erase. Like yep. Marluxia drinks to forget. Oof. I wish I could drink to forget. <laughs> He just gives up on the subject. So let's just talk about what's going on here. Can you do us a favor? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, he's like, hey, Sora, you should protect Rapunzel, the light of this world. But I just love he says, I'm sure you've noticed. He looks sort up and down. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how smarmy Marluxia is like that. It's really good. Just, but I am like, he's like, Sora's like, oh, right. I have to explain shit to this kid. <laughs> right, right. So that says, thing we did to him, where he yeah. lost all his memories. <laughs> that thing. Yep. Right. Let's go with that's the reason why I can't figure things out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I lived on island and never really paid attention at school. Yep. He he. They they just took a immersion blender to his skull to the inside of his skull. Oh no. Uh. So they like a slushy. Oh no. <laughs> Marluxia claims that their ultimate objective is not to clash with the light. They seek to complement it. So complement with an I or an E? With an E. Because because uh, the other way is like, we're here to say nice things about the light isn't quite the same as we wish to coexist with it. It seems like bullshit, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it kind of does, yes. It might be believable coming from a character who is more believably a frenemy, but that does not describe Marluxia. Who's believably a friend of me right now in the new organization that we know about? Syx, maybe? Oh, in, in the organization? Um, I don't think anyone really. I said, we're not an organization. I was about to say Pete. Ah, no. <laughs> Pete's everyone's friend of me. That's kind of his existence. True. Um, <laughs> he does call everyone buddy and pal. I think the only and, one that could even be credibly close to that is probably Syx, and he's still much more, much less friendly. Yes. Well, we're, he's not our frenemy. True. Yes. He's, he's actual. <laughs> After Marluxia just leaves, Sora seems completely blank and confused. Marluxia's just doing one of those things is that, okay, the villain wants us to do what we're doing. Should we be doing this? But Sora's really not good at figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, I think he's still just kind of like, I haven't figured out what kind of villain this guy is yet. <laughs> he's very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Riku, Riku might want hair tips from him. Oh no! <laughs> how does he make those pe- flower petals c- appear whenever he's around? Oh no! Oh, how does Axel make fire? <laughs> oh, no. It's just thrilling. <laughs> so yeah. So now we're just slogging through the forest some more. We go into the gloomy marsh area, of course, because we have to run into Gothel there. So we r- have a run with Gothel in the marsh. Uh, as I recall, all she does is just like, "Hey, I'm looking for someone." Sora doesn't distrust her at all because Sora has the puppy sense of uh, relating to people. Everyone is a friend. She kind of jumps on them when they mention Rapunzel and she overhears it. And when they say we don't know where Rapunzel is right now, she just drops them like a hot potato. She's just like, you're of she literally goes, you're of no use to me. I think the guys are feeling guilty because Goofy's like, we tell you, but we lost her. And now that's by accident. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely wasn't that we were idiots. <laughs> uh, so inside the marsh, we catch up to Rapunzel and Flynn, who are trying to tame a horse. Ah, Maximus, the most ridiculously cartoonish character of the movie, and yet one of the standouts. Uh, I want to point things out. While Maximus is a horse, he behaves like a dog because he's an animal in a Disney film. He behaves half like a dog, half like just a, a really angry bro. Yeah. 
Well, also he also he clearly only likes women. Well, maybe a little bit, but this is once again completely losing context. He's the horse of one of the palace guards that was chasing him. So he's literally hunting a fugitive and he finds it with a girl who he seems to almost instinctively trusts. <laughs> but we don't get any of that. We just get, oh, he's yep. mad. <laughs> yep. Because I had not seen Tangled in quite a while. In my notes, I was just like, oh, this is Flynn's horse, right? No, no it's not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he clearly fucking hates Flynn's guts. Yes. Well, he, he's Flynn's Javert. He just can't communicate well enough to explain it to anyone. I mean, here's the thing, though. If you were working with Flynn, wouldn't you hate his guts anyway? <laughs> now I'm really sad that the scene at the Snuggly Duckling is completely cut out because I love that song, those ridiculous barbarian the guys. Snuggly Duckling? Yes, it's the most ridiculously dive bar film. It looks like a bunch of, of Viking barbarians. You know that you know that Twitter meme of what's an opinion that gets you in this situation and it has Flynn with all these knives at his throat? Oh, that's a, the Snuggly Duckling. Yes. Yeah. The joke is, oh, that name sounds cute. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the name. It's a really cute scene where Rapunzel charms a whole bunch of, of, of these, just these huge, uh, gru- gruesome guys, including Brad Garrett. Oh, no. It was just a voice I love. They're just absolutely hilariously stupid. And then they actually become side characters in the last act, too. But none of that happens. Back to this scene. Rapunzel commits heresy and introduces Sora, Donald and Goofy to Maximus as Sora, Goofy and Donald. Oh, no. The horse immediately knows something is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much all that's notable here. Uh, we continue to explore the wetlands, which include a Rocky Mountain area. What? <laughs> Then Rapunzel starts using herself as a grappling hook, which she kind of does for herself in the movie, but still seems weird as a game mechanic. Yeah, it's pretty weird, like especially like you will find certain reaction spots where it'll be like, OK, time to turn Rapunzel into a grappling hook, I guess. It's a very disorienting swing as well. It's very video gamey in a very weird way. <laughs> yes, I think it's just that they wanted to show Rapunzel doing that in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's part of the trailer. So I noticed that the mountain tunnels in this area look suspiciously like the dwarf mines in the dwarf woodlands. Is the kingdom of Corona built over the ruins of the dwarf woodlands? After the horrifying war machine man and dwarf left, no survivors. Another kingdom moved in on top, I guess. I mean, (laughs) we don't timey wimey bullshit happens all the time in here. And we don't know what happened to the uh, dwarf woodlands world after uh, everything was finished up at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. It is true the last time we saw it, it was like a uh, destroyed fragment inside poor Aqua's time. Yeah. It never appears again. It's gone. Oh, no. <laughs> There's also some returning Heartless in the area, the flutterings that we encountered in a Fragmentary Passage. It's like they're just basically like mantle bats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're mostly annoying bats. They don't even really do any- do anything threatening on critical mode either. They yep. They might like throw some crap at you if you don't take care of them quickly, but they're not very aggressive. Just like Kesses from Legend of Zelda. Kees. Kees, is that how you pronounce it? Kees, Kesse, I forget. Oh, well. At least in English, I usually think it's Kees. If it was Kees, there'd be two E's. It's one E, two S's. I thought there were two two E's. I'm pretty sure it's two E's. Damn it. (laughs) It's It's K-E-E-S-E. Okay, then it's (laughs) Kees. It's like geese, but it's Kees. Not like East. That's a game where you play a guy who shipwrecks every game. And also destroys uh, paleotech and ancient magical sources of power for fun as a hobby. Aren't they all like inherently world ending? Yes. 
Like, what the fuck happened in this world in the past in that game, those games? <laughs> so anyway, at the end of this area, we encounter some power wilds that have a makeshift tank, which transforms into a chariot heartless. What the fuck? Yeah, at this point, I'm just slogging through. The, the story is is sputtering. Nothing's happening. And I'm kind of already annoyed that scenes are coming through. So I'm just like, great. I will say that fight. one of the sins of this world is that it's way too linear. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like I'm playing Final Fantasy 13. Basically, me and John were discussing in three, there are kind of two shapes of worlds. There's hubs and gauntlets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is a gauntlet world. And it's also one where it makes you run from the end and back again, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's- even even Arendelle, which we get to later, is kind of the gauntlet world. But even that is doesn't feel as much like a hallway as this world does. This world feels like Final Fantasy 13's hallway effect. And since three quarters of it is just kind of a slight variation of the forest, it's also not all that interesting. And even when you get to the final destination at the end, which is the city at the heart of the kingdom, you can explore a little bit, but it's not very big. It's basically a big hallway with a cul-de-sac at the end. It could be a vendors for the produce. Let's quickly talk on the chaos carriage fight. That one is actually relatively threatening in critical mode. Oh, it's terrifying in critical mode. You can kill Sora in two hits easy and you don't have any of your uh, protection abilities yet. Yeah. Yep. Like it's kind of like this weird train where there's like one horse and a bunch of carts and you break the first horse and the second horse because not the second car because apparently they were human centipeded together or something. Oh, no. <laughs> Heartless semitied. <laughs> when I did that, I what I did was Equity. I shot locked the first one to death pretty quickly. Yeah, then right. I used magic to get rid of the second one as quickly as I could. And then the third one, finally, the its swing is not as threatening because it's not as wide area. So I could take care of that with regular melee attacks without dying. But the other ones were just the range was too big on them that, yeah, that I didn't want to fight them up close. It didn't seem too bad. I spent a lot of this world kind of enjoying the favorite deputy uh, form change. OK, the oh, oh yeah, the one uh, like the first stage of fa- favorite deputy turns into a giant hammer. Second stage turns into a drill. So good. It's so much fun. It is really fun to play around with. And he does the portal dive uh, shot lock and everything. After this fight, we make it to a wildflower clearing where we need to lead some birds to Rapunzel. <sighs> this is at this annoying. point, at this point, I finally got angry. First, at, this is a little bit annoying because you have to walk, not run throughout parts of it. And it's a wide enough area that's very slow. And nudge, it's a little bit too easy to nudge the joystick too hard. But this is a completely empty seat. Rapunzel's sad that these birds aren't near her. So we're going to kind of get them to fly around Sora's head by walking slowly so they'll come see Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. The game's wasting our time at this point. These characters <laughs> haven't been built. They're just expecting us to know these characters like we've watched a recap or something. Mm-hmm. And so then we just it's just I just honestly got mad. Understandable. <laughs> Eventually, we have to slide down this huge slope, which is actually quite a bit of fun. Uh, at the bottom of that slope is Castletown. But before I went to Castletown, I did a quick sweep of the area and found the Fantastic Seven Orange back at the starting area. It's a photo taking minigame. It's like a half-baked Pokemon Snap, except yeah. flans. Actually, yes, that is a very good comparison, especially because you have to like solve some puzzles in order to get the best shots. Do you have to like, throw stuff at them to make them react? Um, no, but you do have to like specifically do um like find you do a ones couple that- reaction commands at them i think yeah i yeah. ever look back at pokemon snap and worry it's kind of a wildlife torture simulator oh no <laughs> so the new pokemon snap is actually a little bit is quite a bit better i think it it's works a- pretty well 
We're no longer throwing stuff at their heads to make them move. It's yeah, a lot, you, it's a lot more gamey, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just imagining people going on some sort of African safari and just chucking bottles at the lions. Like, holy shit! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and worse, like then they do pester balls. Are we tear gassing them? Oh, no. <laughs> An excellent rating on this mini game will get you the treasure magnet ability, which is a lot more useful than attraction extender. Don't you already have at least one treasure magnet? Like you equip multiple. Yeah, they stack. It's great. Mm. Enough treasure magnets and they basically just sort of like automatically hoover up all the treasure around you. All right, let's go back and explore the town. One of the things I noted is that Donald comments on how crowded it is, which feels like a dig at past Kingdom Hearts games. Is that I think that's once again incidental dialogue rather yeah. like um yeah. like um it's not narrative. Yeah. 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 Or 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 even narrative dialogue. The town it, actually does feel pretty populated, which is cool. Yeah. Which is okay because it's about 20 feet by six feet. It still has more detail put into it than most of these places in previous Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah, you actually have like a market square. Then you have the big town square where there's the the dancing and the and the and the festival going on. You have a whole harbor area with yep, a, there's a lighthouse. There's an arrangement of barrels down by the dock that is an interesting lucky emblem. And then there's the dancing mini game that, ha- that you have to play in yeah. to advance the story. And I kind of like it. I think it owns and we're back to the movie again, like the the folk dance montage is part of the movie, but we're just going to have a dance mini game and no other parts. It's square dancing. So they do switch Rapunzel to the heavily braided hair she had at this point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. She does on- different things with her hair because her hair is part of her identity. Well, it, what happens very simply is like because her hair is a problem. Flynn just whistles over some excited kids who's like who are braiding hair. It's like, here's your ultimate challenge without waxed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, OK, so can she walk around without having to carry her hair on a loop on her arm if we braid this <laughs> densely enough? I feel like her hair at that point must have been heavy enough to not to break stone. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. She whips her head. She goes flying, probably. Oh, no. <laughs> Like Ant-Man, the same amount of power in one small area. I'm just I'm just imagining her like turning her head in the market and knocking over a stall. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, yeah, the random dancing minigames, you kind of like start dancing like like walking to marks, but you can also approach other characters. And well, yeah, you them. grab a partner and then uh, marks appear on the ground, which you uh, have to press a button as you pass through. Mm-hmm. And then once you're done with that, you let go of that person and try to get to another person as quickly as possible to build more points. It is my favorite dancing mini game in all of Kingdom Hearts up to this point. I don't know why. I find it kind of cute that Sora will dance with men and women happily without complaining. Yes, I agree. I thought that was fun. Sora's a bi icon. <laughs> <laughs> and he, well, he needs to dance both Kyrie and, and Riku, so he's getting practice. Yes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you can go back into a score attack for this mini game. I think that's how we get an Oracle. I'm not sure if Sora and Riku dance, who leads <laughs> Kyrie somehow because she just needs yeah. to keep them. She, she, <laughs> yeah. She's still the sensible one. But I do kind of love the way that Sora just kind of fist pumps his way around when he's oh, yeah. dancing with a partner. He does the fist pump. And also you can approach a barrel to do a little flourish trick, which will get you points. <laughs> yep. Which you can also do just busking out in the open. Even yep. People will day, throw so. money at you. Yep. It's great. <laughs> So that evening, we watched Rapunzel and Flynn take a boat out on the water and get more scenes from the movie. <sighs> Sorry, Jared. I, no, again, I, I'm going to try to not be as repetitive here. But honestly, this time I have a question for Kingdom Hearts. 
Yes. The, the the lantern scene is a big musical number. Like see the lights or last to see the light for the exact title. And we'll find out later. They're perfectly happy playing full musical scenes with the audio. So why didn't they? If they're going to just put through this whole scene, which is like supposed to be like a visual and musical spectacle. Why only just do a part of the visual and just kind of have everyone sitting there in, in somewhat generic city music? Well, uh, I don't have a good answer for that, but I can tell you this. I think the only song that they could probably put on the uh, banner to get people interested is the one that will come up in Arendelle. Okay, then explain the Star of the Caribbean. <laughs> I mean, that's not a song. That's a shanty. <laughs> Oh, so they're all going to, so next year, all going to sing Wellerman? Somehow I, sung by crabs. And okay, I don't care what the internet says. I, I especially don't care what the internet a few years ago says. Sea shanties are not interesting music. They're kind of they're fun to sing along with. Sea shanties are interesting in terms of the kind of the culture around them, and they're supposed to be fun to sing rather than interesting music. Uh, let's get back to the game a bit. Because uh, we're way off topic. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, we conclude with Sora, Donald, and Goofy sitting on a dock, grinning like dipshits. They're they're clearly <laughs> spying on R- Rapunzel and Flynn. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they're well. Also, they're just like wow, pretty lights. And then the nobody fight theme kicks up as some Reaper show for a cutscene interrupting fight. Did they learn it by watching Unversed? Probably. I was like, Sora's like, could you have picked a worse time? Maybe. <laughs> like, I don't think they appreciate the moment, Sora. <laughs> Not yeah, one I like bit. that line. <laughs> he calls her wet blankets. Like, Sora is so uninvested in fighting the forces of darkness here. He thinks they're a joke in this world. <laughs> Winning gets us damage, Siphon? It makes you get MP back by taking damage. Yes, that's right. I feel like in critical mode, that must not be so good because you don't want to take damage. Well, critical mode, actually, the thing is that you're going to take damage anyway, so it's not that bad. You just need to control how much you take. Yeah, and also how much MP you spend. You never want to be in a state of recharging MP when you're taking a lot of damage is the core thing. And and so basically several scenes happen while we were having this one fight with the Reaper because we have Rapunzel is abandoned on the shoreline, wondering where Eugene is the first time she's mentioned this name for him. Oh, speaking yep. of that as well, that... It's during that scene, it shows that Rapunzel has the satchel and earlier in the in the world, it showed that the satchel was hidden under the stairs uh, back at the tower and Gothel found it. So I'm like, wait, how did Rapunzel end up getting that? Can you explain? Yeah, they completely skipped the scene like halfway to the kingdom where Gothel tried to get Rapunzel to come back with her. And when Rapunzel refused, rather than force her, she basically played mind games saying, well, you realize he's not interested in you. Like here, honestly, he calls her ugly. She calls her ugly and slow almost Oof. directly. He said, Gothel is very good at horrifying, negging, backhanded compliments and, and similar uh, teardowns. So she gives mm. her the satchel, says, like, you show us to him, see exactly how, how much he wants to stay with you. And that's how that happens. And out on the water, he she did give it to him, like, as proof that she trusted him. And then he asked her to wait on the shoreline for a moment. That's how he got here. What is he knocked out, bound up and set out on the water unconscious? Yes. Yes. Which it, with basically the implication that no one else there, either Marluxia did it, which is even more petty <laughs> feeling 
or Gothel did it, which she doesn't. She's not really physically strong, so that's impressive. Did that happen in the movie? Well, the, the Ron Perlman twins did. It's again completely mm. cut out characters. The Stabbington brothers. And why would you ever work with someone named that? <laughs> yeah, like they, they maybe if you need someone stabbed. But you did it. They needed, he needed someone to help him with a heist, and he promptly double crossed them. This is not good planning. Yeah, yes. don't double cross anyone named the Savington brothers. Don't do that. I mean, he, even tra- he tries to make things right with them, but Go- but Gothel had told him about Rapunzel to trick them, into, like thinking she'd be valuable. Blah blah blah. It's a whole, it's a huge frame up. But we replaced that with Marluxia yammering. <laughs> like he shows up and says he's going to take Rapunzel, and that he and that that. Flynn ditched her, but he just does not seem invested in this. Marluxia is just here to basically mess up the plot a little bit. (laughs) I drew the short straw and I had to be here. Oh, no. (laughs) Rapunzel's braided hair gets caught on a log as her mother calls out for her. And so Gotha leads her away as Sarah Donald Cookie just happened upon the scene. Yeah. As, As expected, as part of the symbolism that now her hair has been reverted back, so she's like her change is is being reverted or challenged. It's pretty oh, obvious. So yeah, let's do this little scene with with my Lucia real quick. Show some decorum. You again, my Lucia. The girl has found her dear mother. You should let them be. And why is that? Because Rapunzel is far too important. Atop her tower. She must remain out of sight and live out her days with Mother Gothel. And never see anyone else? But that's like locking her in some prison. That is exactly what it's like. Rapunzel's hair holds the powerful magic of healing. And yes, Mother Gothel wants it for herself, as do others. And if Mother Gothel's actions will protect Rapunzel, preserve her. Then she's doing the organization a favor. What favor? Let's just say she's keeping Rapunzel on the shelf for us. An extra pawn in case you fail to find the remaining Guardians of Light, and we have occasion to call on the other Hearts of Light instead. A new seven hearts to fill out the ranks. New seven hearts? Yes. Seven who inherited the princess's light after their role was fulfilled. So you don't care about her. You guys just want Rapunzel for your own purposes. Well, you're done here. Hmm. I knew you would go and make a scene. Very well, then. It's lights out for you. Marluxia blows pink wind towards Sora, and he immediately starts fading. Sora! As he runs towards them, Sora's vision goes to black, and his his sound gets muffled as well. You always were such a sound sleeper. You feel like, does he, do they need to be doing anything here, organization? Yeah, they weren't really. here. Not really, not really, no. I mean, if they weren't stirring things up with Heartless, I guess they don't know how the movie ends. It ends with her perfectly safe as a princess in a kingdom. You think that wouldn't be too bad a problem? Marluxia just drew the short straw, I think. He yeah. just ended up here because they didn't trust him to go anywhere more important because he look, fucked up the Castle Oblivion thing al- already. Yeah, look, you were you were dumb enough to try to uh, plan a coup. We're not going to trust you to try to uh, figure shit out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I do like this whole scene where it's just kind of like he explains that if you can't find your extra players for Keyblade Mania, we're just going to end up sacrificing the princesses. Yeah. Oh no, we're, we're going to turn into one of those creepy '90s Attitude Era swimsuit competitions or something. Oh no! Oh yeah, <laughs> and God, that means one of them is going to be. What uh, means one of them is going to be Jerry Lawler shrieking about puppies, and we just no one wants that. Oh no. <laughs> But yeah, Marluxia seems to have some kind of power over sleep here, which uh, he uses to put Sora to sleep. Because he had poppies. Yeah, I'm assuming it's just some kind of flower thing because this magic is flowers. Mm. He hit him. He hit him with like a sleep perfume. <laughs> yep. It seems that Sora is weak enough to end up getting caught by these tricks right now, whereas later on he will be strong enough that they can't do this stuff to him. I mean, I'd also argue if you're not going to expect it. Guy's going to blow a fistful of sleep into your face from 30 paces. Doesn't seem likely. Yeah. You're not ready for that. (laughs) Pocket flower petals. (laughs) Back of the tower. More scenes from the movie play out as Rapunzel remembers who she is. I have in my notes. Yes, she's the missing princess. No doy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I can complain about how they literally show all the things where she realizes from the subconscious symbolism, all the things she paints. But we didn't see. Her painting hobby, we didn't really see the kingdom symbol with any import or any of the walls in her room. So I'm just going to move on. I am just so annoyed at this point. It's just so disconnected. There were a lot of things until Jared pointed them out that I didn't realize were actually things from the film that got massively disconnected. I'm like, wait, why do why does all of this symbol matter? I guess that's a symbol of the kingdom. But why is it there in in Rapunzel's tower? Why did Gothel decorate it like this? No, like I said Rapunzel, one of her many hobbies that her opening song explains that because she's in the tower, she paints constantly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like it's just it's just so annoyed at this point because they literally play it like you should be shocked or at least invested like the movie did it, which does it pretty well, even though it's not a big surprise who she is, of course. Mm hmm. But it's just you have to sit through this. And if you don't know the movie, like Matt clearly well, you could tell from context what they're saying, and none of the reason makes any sense. Mm. At least not everything is made of iguanas or something like that. So sorry, what? I'm just making fun of the crabs in the in the Caribbean world. The crabs are great. Caprae, yeah. not gif. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Rapunzel confronts Gothel, and well, I don't want to get like too deep into the weeds on how much this is just like another thing left from the movie. I do think that like. I wrote myself a little mini essay in my notes that I was like commenting on some of the parallels between the main narrative of Kingdom Hearts 3 and what's going on here. It's definitely interesting how Rapunzel's story is used in parallel with the game's overall narrative. Rapunzel's being used by the villains who treat her as an object with power, while Sora and friends care about her as a person. And this carries down to how Gothel treats Rapunzel versus how Flynn treats Rapunzel. There's also a line that I that stood out to me that I liked. You were wrong about the world and you were wrong about me. That's probably lifted directly from the movie. But it, absolutely, not- because the whole point of her of Gothel's song words that the world is a cruel place. And that was never said in this. Right. Yeah, I really so, like that line. It was it was it was a good and, line. And it well, and it lines up here with uh, how the ethos of Tangles interestingly parallel the ethos of Kingdom Hearts. The villains are wrong about the nature of the world and about darkness. Even the balance they claim to yearn for is just really a means of attaining power. While light and darkness themselves are not inherently bad, the use of others for one's own ends definitely is in the ethics of Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. 
So that was just my thought processes of how this was kind of like paralleling what was going on in the story, even though, like, as Jared has said, uh, it doesn't fully land because it chops so much of the story out. Yeah, because the movie, it just feels that they need to tell us everything, but they're not going to explain anything. So the next day, Flynn takes off on Maximus into the forest. We don't know where Flynn was. We don't know what happened to him. We don't know how he met up with Maximus, but here they are. I'm turning into a broken record, but it just keeps annoying. He happens upon Sora, Donald, and Goofy. They all wake up Sora, and we head to Rapunzel's Tower, harried by Heartless the whole way. But he wakes up Sora by telling the horse to lick him, and the horse listens, and also that worked. Horse breath is probably pretty bad. Once again, all animals in Disney movies are dogs. Unless they are people. I mean, you can say that horses and dogs are relatively... They, they have a relatively similar social structure. So, I don't know. But they don't have the same behaviors. Yeah. That is what I'm talking about here, is the behaviors. Now we have to run back through about half the forest because we've already been through part of it already. Yep. And we're just getting, we're just fighting Heartless all the way through. They do at least warp us ahead a little bit because we all ride on Maximus, who heroically managed to brave all of the weight of all of the heroes at once. Yeah. By the way, I love that Flynn ran off on the horse and left us behind. Theoretically, he's helping Rapunzel, but it's still kind of the funny pattern. Yep. Yes. You got this. I believe in you. <laughs> Doesn't say it, but he might as well be. <laughs> so we all end up at Rapunzel's tower eventually. Yeah. Flynn enters Rapunzel's room only to find her gagged and chained up. And he then he gets shanked from behind by Gothel. Yep. And there's no blood, but uh, also true. I'm pretty sure the movie had little to none as well. So mm-hmm. that one's OK. But clearly yeah. <laughs> he was stabbed in the back. Yeah. Uh, movie scenes play out some more. Flynn cuts off Rapunzel's hair as a key moment, which causes yep, basically there and age rapidly. Yep. Basically, the whole idea was that uh, she Gothel was trying to make Rapunzel come with her and behave by killing Flynn, which was her impetus to uh want to be out in the world and Rapunzel begs Gothel to let her heal him before they leave and swears that she will do whatever Gothel wants if she's allowed to heal him. And another skip scene is that another skip scene is that Rapunzel does not Rapunzel does not break promises. So Gothel believes her and like and the point is it's not any sort of trick. She she would she would follow her promise. And Flynn does not want that to happen. So basically at the last moment before Rapunzel heals him, he cuts her hair. Gothel begins to wither and age rapidly and then falls out out the window after being tripped by the lizard, Pascal. (laughs) Why is that Dane Pascal? You know, I don't, I'm actually not sure what the joke of that is. I mean, Pascal's a mathematician, correct? It was mathematician and physicist, natural scientist at the Mm -hmm. time. Amusingly, and one of their animators had a chameleon that 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 she named Pascal, and that's so they used the name. Makes sense. I dig it. That's good. That's it's cute. It's just like, like I it. named. I said people named their, pet, their pets funny things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so she much like the movie, she dissolves and turns into dust, like leaving just her cloak way down. But then Marluxia decides he's not done. Yep, Marluxia catches her cloak with some flower magic, points at the Keyblade Mania sign, and turns her into a heartless before going away. <laughs> One of my favorite dumb videos on YouTube was someone who took the scene from Tangled, which immediately after she falls out, is the two of them having a, a soft, sad scene while he's apparently dying and put all the fight music that happens next over it. And Sora <laughs> down the goofy shouting, spells casting, rumbling. 
it's not my joke. As I found on YouTube, I love this so much. It's really good. So what we are fighting is the Grim Guardianess. It's kind of like a tree dragon shape. Yeah, it's basically I'm, Mother Gothel's Heartless. Oh, it is. It's basically that. Like literally, he mm. he somehow he was able to use whatever was left of her and just consolidate darkness into a heartless. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a long wood snake with a tree head with like four arms flanking the head. I actually think this is a cool fight because it does some different stuff. Yeah, it's got multiple phases to it, and it's a really interesting fight. Like, I thought it was pretty fun. I even had to use food in order to win. But let's go through those phases one by one. She has two attacks in phase one. She either shoots darkness ghosts at you or just rushes at you. It's pretty standard uh, block and uh, counter type thing. The easiest way to deal with her at this point is if you have MP to just uh, use some fire magic at her because she's pretty weak against it. Phase two has her flee to the tower and set up barriers on your way that you have to get through. Basically, you have to find a hole to slip through and avoid bombs while you're doing it. She has this little fake out trick where you have to like double back and then go through another thing to get to her. Yeah, then you have to climb the tower to to go smack her a bit in order to get her out of the phase. Yep. Phase three is a repeat of phase one with a new gimmick where flowers can trap you. And if you don't kill them fast enough, they will pull you in for a likely lethal body slam. But beyond that, it is a pretty straightforward uh, smash and bash. I just almost expected to hear you keep it down. I'm trying to die in here. Oh, no. <laughs> Funny thing is, apparently someone hit like Marusha hit pause in the tower because after the fight, we like sword down Goofy pull up the window and we're basically three seconds later in the movie from what we saw last. Kingdom Hearts fights happen in the hyperbolic time chamber. I don't know. Mm. I just love our Lucia's like, well, she's dark. I can't let her near now. It's like she was already kind of horrible. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the hair magic doesn't work and Flynn dies. Yep, because the hair magic was tied to her undamaged hair, and she never was allowed to get it cut because of the fact that it would destroy the magic of her hair. I didn't even bother pointing out this is more stuff we had never heard. I'm just exhausted on it. Just accept that everything is like like if you haven't seen it's almost like their attitude is if you haven't seen the movie, why are you here? Oh, no. (laughs) And that's not good. That's not a good attitude when you're trying to make the story there. I do kind of want to touch on this real quick. How is that different from a lot of the other uh, Kingdom Hearts worlds in the past that have been story retellings like, say, Mulan and Kingdom Hearts 2? Well, Mulan is a mess, but did they leave out anything in Mulan that wasn't explainable? I mean, I don't think I kind of feel like Aladdin didn't explain much either. Never did. Aladdin was Aladdin was he had a genie and he wanted and he was trying to help the princess and it was actually a very thin, small part of the plot was being used. So that almost was OK. The problem is how much they're using for this world, because it's like the almost the entire story. Right. Yeah. It's it's basically like 70 percent of the plot elements or rather the plot points with none of the explaining elements is how I, I put through. OK, it. yeah, that's fair. And with several supporting characters that actually had purpose cut out, too. At this point, I just feel like I've said enough. I don't want to explain sure. every Every element that they're missing there, I've definitely gotten more than it's probably strictly necessary already. It's just, yeah, it shoots through almost every scene. And then Rapunzel uh, cries on Flynn and her tear magic actually works. <laughs> the tear gives off a golden light. Rapunzel's magic returns. Not her hair, but a more perfect form as though it's the platonic ideal of healing magic. And like, because it was like, I have cure. <laughs> <laughs> But they're just sitting in the just sitting in that narrow um, windowsill. Somehow not falling over as they jump and celebrate here. 
Yep, they're third, fourth, and Goofy should have fallen out. Yeah, I'm just laughing. I I put in my notes that Sora, Donald, and Goofy are third, fourth, and fifth wheels right at this point. Yep. <laughs> Marluxia left. He was done with this. Uh, so Sora, Donald, and Goofy learned Flynn's real name, Eugene Fitzherbert. Eugene. I'm kind of amused because it does sound like the sort of name that a kid would be made fun of for ha- having. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. Uh, but I just like her him going to Rapunzel's like, that was the only one you going to tell. I've saved plenty of Fitzherbert's secrets just for you. Like, wow, that's <laughs> that, that's a little that weird. Some... And please stop flirting in front of the of the 15 year old. That is weird animals. <laughs> I was going to say that is some really cringe innuendo. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's about right for him. He's actually very awkward with women when he's not just trying to be superficial. So I didn't get this from the game itself, but my trope brain tells me that his whole deal is that he was trying to be a lot cooler than he actually is as part of his issues. And that's why he did the whole name change thing. But I said, I'll just like quote movie there. So like, I like just the idea. She says at one point, I actually like eugene better and he said you'd be the first Mm -hmm. i said there's a lot more there like his backstory some very specific elements but i think i've recapped enough of the missing movie here (laughs) i should go see it (laughs) yes the team has a good laugh as this retread ends and we get the ever after keyblade which is one of the best keyblades i love it i feel it's enough of a skill keyblade i have problems with using it well the magic staff form change is really cool. And then the finisher on it is basically like a magic nuke in the form of a tower raising from the ground. The cool thing that you can do with the magic staff is once you've done the form change, you can start dashing around and you leave behind after images. Uh, once you stop uh, dashing around and start attacking, every one of those after images will start shooting yeah. with you. Switches to a specialized rapid fire shot and all of them are shooting. So you're just like absolutely cross firing something to destruction. <laughs> Not to mention your magic is boosted up, too. Oh, yeah. It's one of the only keyblades that has only one form change, but you're going to be using a lot of magic with it. So it also has two shot locks, the shimmering drops, which is an HP drain. Basically pulling in bits of light from enemies. And Spectral writes, you set up up some crystals and you just bounce lasers off the crystals and everything. I only did a little bit of cleanup here. Uh, I already talked about all the interesting lucky emblems I found. The dancing minigame requires 70,000 points for A rank for completion. I seem to remember that there was a little bit of a trick to getting the 70,000 points, but I forget. Basically, you just have to not stumble and you have to keep going and you have to get a big group of people around for the big sort of breakdown thing. It's not super complex. It's probably one of the easier mini games to get an A rank in. At least it's not Verum Rex. Oh, God. And we close this world with Maleficent Pete looking for the box in this world, too. I just love their commitment to avoiding the plot. Yes. She's sitting out this game to prepare for Kingdom Hearts 4. Another world where we got doodly squats. Hmm. You sure this box thing is even real? Yes. Yeah? And just how do you know that? It is etched. It's what? Come with me. Where to? Those bozos ain't gonna help us. Sora's sure not looking for the box. Who said anything about following them? Hmm... I don't know. I I'm amused by the it is etched thing. Yeah. I wonder what she she found. Such a contextless line. It's like Pete's like, no, seriously, we're not getting anything done. I don't care. (laughs) This plot looks stupid anyways. 
Yeah, I think she's she's basically doing a gamble. It's like if we find the box in the end, we're further ahead than anyone. Yeah, true. She's playing 4D chess. That's it for Kingdom of Corona. Uh, new worlds and a whole new gummy space have opened up. And next time, a lot less of me complaining. We're going back to Pixar movies with another banger. We're going to Monstropolis. This is another one where it's the opposite, where they're telling a story after the movie, where it's much better. And I'll say it's also, we'll be able to discuss how some Gauntlet worlds can be done very well as composed oh, yeah. ones that aren't so. Or, uh, so until next time, I'm John. I'm Jared. And I'm Matt. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. I am pissed because it's daylight savings time, and I do not like daylight savings time. I somehow just didn't have much of a reaction to it this time around. It caught me completely off guard. It snuck up on me this year. Yeah, I I didn't even realize it happened, actually. Yeah, like... I just let the, my phone take care of it, honestly. Yeah, I was telling Jared that um, I woke up, I saw my clock was at 6 o'clock, I'm like, okay, that's pretty good, I got a decent amount of sleep despite the fact that we were uh up late uh and then i go out to my computer room after laying in bed for a bit i think i played a little bit of octopath uh and then i see 7 30 on my computer and i'm like excuse me what run back and look at my clock in my uh room and it's 6 30 i'm like oh daylight <laughs> savings time right that bullshit I long for a world where we don't have to do daylight savings time. Good, yeah, good job with that situational awareness. Good, uh, no, good job, good job with. Mm, okay, switching over. Donald has no peripheral vision. We get a new Heartless and a fight that Rapunzel trickle. Uh, a fight that Rapunzel trickle. Ah, I cannot talk. That that is a very awkward two words. A Rapunzel a fight triggers, that Rapunzel, Rapunzel triggers. In a fight that Rapunzel triggers, the chief puff. It's, in a fight that's her fault. <laughs> yes, in a fight that's Rapunzel. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck. <laughs> in a fight this that is Rapunzel rough. is. In a fight that Rapunzel triggers, we encounter the chief pup with. Uh, chief pup. Chief pup. <laughs> No. In a fight the Rapunzel triggers, we encounter the Chief Puff, which is We're gonna a- be here a while. <laughs> <laughs>